Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. You are so fat, it's no wonder you had a heart attack. If you had not been having unprotected sex with people you don't know, you would not have that sexually transmitted disease right now. You just need to lay in that bed there in the hospital and think about how many cigarettes you smoke every day. It serves you right that you got lung cancer. Karma. It's karma that your liver is pickled and you need a transplant now. I'm glad the hospital is going to treat others before treating your gunshot. It serves you right for hanging around with that gang. Don't put yourself in position to be on the street homeless, and you won't have to worry about those MRSA infections you're getting. If you would just stop shoving your fingers down your throat every time you eat a meal, you might be able to gain a few pounds, and, and we could stop having to look at your ribs all the time. I'm glad your wife died of measles. Maybe more people will go get their booster shot now. <laughs> How ridiculous are these statements? You would never hear these statements being said to anyone that had a medical condition. But with COVID, it's a different story. We are now blaming the pandemic on those that can have gotten the virus or haven't gotten the vaccine. That is as ridiculous as all of these before statements that I just said. But even in an article condemning this kind of blaming and shaming, they still can't help but do it. In an article from YourTango.com, it says, As COVID-19 cases resurge, a rise in blaming and shaming those contracting the virus is at this, this stage in the game. There's stories of people who appeared willfully ignorant about abiding by public health guidelines before contacting COVID. A radio host who mocked vaccines and then ended up in intensive care, a former president who downplayed the virus and then met the same fate. These stories are anger-inducing and make us want to point fingers, but doing so is dangerous. But morally and practically, we need empathy, we need compassion, and most importantly, we need to work together, it says. <laughs> goes on to say, why do we victim blame people for catching COVID? Blame is a natural response to moments of crisis, and it may even feel like a logical means of enforcing public health guidelines. Public pressure has played a huge role in making sure many of us stay masked and vaxxed. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to stop right here and say, but why is public pressure okay when it comes to masking and vaccine? I, masks have been proven to do little to no good and maybe even worse, but we have mandated them in many areas of the country, even still. Vaccines 
have been proven to be less effective than natural immunity, but we pressure people to get the vaccine even if they have natural immunity. It goes on to say, but blame in this context takes a cruel turn when we target those who have contracted a highly transmittable airborne virus that has infected millions. We want to believe consequences are justified. That is a, a habit that predates COVID. We also want to believe that these things won't happen to us. But that is where things get risky, since the whole trouble with this pandemic is that contracting COVID can happen to anyone. <laughs> they admit that, that contracting COVID can happen to anyone. By blaming people and making them the cause of virus transmission, we risk excluding people from being part of the solution. Oh, yeah, yeah of course. Uh, maybe like when our esteemed president says that this pandemic is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. <laughs> See, they, he, they say, we also deny the reality that we all play a role in curbing COVID-19 transmission, not just those unfortunate enough to catch it. Uh, okay, there is not much we can do to curb the transmission of COVID at this point. I mean, it is everywhere and unavoidable. There, this, this whole contact tracing thing, uh, I don't know why there are those that still do it other than they want a paycheck because it's everywhere. There's no shutting it down. There's no isolating it. Why do we not take the same tact when it comes to colds then? if we can curb the transmission of it. It goes on, it says, the, the culture of blaming often deflects from the reality of why and how people contact COVID. Often, these are people who cannot afford to take the time off work to avoid the virus or recover from the effects of the vaccine. This is why we enter cruel moral territory when we cast blame on these populations. Pam Keith, a former Democratic nominee for a Florida congressional seat, even suggested we cut government benefits for those not getting vaccinated. Here, here's her tweet. It says, here's a good way to move people into getting vaccinated. Are you sitting down for this? I mean, this is just, just, just mind-blowing stuff. She says, here's a good way to move people into getting vaccinated. Condition can all federal benefits on proof of vaccination. That includes Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, me, uh, military pensions, VA benefits, Fed subsidized housing, all of it in capital letters, she says. And she says, I bet that will move things along. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, she's got a point. Yeah, it would probably move things along or... How about mandating that everybody who works for a company employing 100 people or more uh, be forced to vaccinate everyone? Everyone in that company needs to be vaccinated or fired. This is because everyone who works for companies less than 100 people can't spread COVID, right? <laughs> it's just so illogical. But those that do work for bigger companies, well, you know, they, they've they've chosen to... to uh, that they have to make the choice between being vaccinated 
or their career because they can spread COVID. You see, there is no consideration at all for natural immunity. And why? All this is for what reason? Well, as the article goes on, it says threatening financial assistance and um, and widening the risk of medical debt uh, hardly seems like a solution to a global pandemic, does it? <laughs> COVID blaming is rooted in hatred. Then there is the origins of this blame game, which has had adverse consequences for minority groups. <laughs> I would say in any group, not just minority groups. But she says some of the earliest pandemic shaming came in the form of xenophobic comments from President Trump blaming China for the spread of the virus. Okay, what a pile of hogwash. And I could probably use stronger terms there, but this is a family-friendly podcast. President Trump said that the COVID-19 virus originated from a Chinese lab and that they delayed the response to contain it by denying it and refusing to allow scientists and investigators there. Now, what about that was not true? Name one thing about that that was not true or it was said out of a fear of people that were unlike him. That's what xenophobic activity looks like. So this is just flat out hogwash. They go on to say these kind of comments were the catalyst for spikes in anti-Asian hate crimes and violence. When we blame others for the spread of COVID, we risk replicating these cruel actions. We need to educate, not alienate during COVID. Okay, so how do we educate about COVID if we can't talk about it to start with? They're saying that we need to not talk about all these different or origins of where COVID began or what it's about, because, you know, that would be xenophobic and whatnot, but we need to educate about COVID. So we need to educate without talking about it. Got it. All right. Goes on and says, as the saying goes, you'll catch more flies with honey than vinegar, making people feel solely responsible for catching a virus that has impacted all of us in some way is certainly not going to make people feel welcome into a mo uh, movement to defeat the virus. All right, can I just ask a really stupid question right here? What does defeating the virus look like? I've heard this so many times from different people. We're here to defeat the virus. We're, 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 we're going to defeat this virus together. What does defeating the virus look like? Does this mean that we'll never be getting COVID ever again, that no one would ever get COVID again? This is an impossible goal at this point. This basically means that this is the forever pandemic. If that's the case, freedoms and liberties are permanently gone for the sake of an impossible goal. If you don't believe me, if you don't believe that this is what is actually happening, this is the ideology here, Dr. Fauci was on Face the Nation this last past weekend, and he, this is what Margaret Brennan asked of him. He, she said, 
but we can gather for Christmas or it's just too soon to tell. Dr. Fauci said this, well, you know, Margaret, it's just too soon to tell. We've just got to concentrating on continuing to those numbers down, not try to jump ahead by weeks or months and say what we're going to do at a particular time. Let's focus like a laser on continuing to get those those cases down. And we can do it by people getting vaccinated and also in situations where boosters are appropriate to get people boosted because we know that they can get they can help greatly in diminishing infections and diminishing advanced diseases. This this kind of data that are now accumulated in real time. This is what Dr. Fauci said. We are, by Christmas, we'll have been two years into this thing. But he's not sure if we can gather for Christmas together. Is he looking at any kind of science whatsoever? Or is he just saying that we need to completely eradicate COVID where it's not even a thing anymore? You, you don't believe me that, that making it so that nobody gets COVID again is their goal? Here's Dr. Fauci again on, on The Atlantic. He's been interviewed there, and he says this. He says, it is an assumption that it's okay to get infected and to get mild to moderate disease as long as you don't wind up in the hospital or die. And I have to be open and honest, he said. I reject that. I think we should be preventing people from getting sick from COVID, even if they don't wind up in the hospital. Ultimately, I believe that the optimal uh, uh, regime for the mRNA, which is the vaccines, is going to be is going to include that third booster shot. So what he's saying here is that for us to say that, well, you know, if you if you just get a mild to moderate case um, and, and you don't go to the hospital or anything like that, that that's going to be okay. No, he's, he rejects that. He's saying that we need to put a complete end to COVID. That's not going to happen. This is a virus and it's all over the place. The article goes on and says, as communication expert Susan Kowalski puts it, quote, nobody chooses to catch COVID, although some behaviors make catching COVID more likely. (laughs) Quote, we all make mistakes and sometimes we just have to learn things the hard way. However difficult it is to respond to empathy, remember that the person with COVID just got whacked by a mighty life-threatening dose of reality, unquote. Do you, do you, this is an article that's saying that we should not be blaming and shaming. And just in that one area alone, it's blaming and shaming. It says vaccine science and the facts of the virus speak for themselves. We don't need to embellish that with a hefty dose of shame. Seeking to inform, work together, and end polarization might be the only way to save lives. (laughs) So so even from the the article with the point of not shaming those that get COVID, all they can do is blame and shame those that get COVID and anyone else they can think of. 
I mean, they're talking about following the science and the science speaking for itself. So, okay, let's review the science of COVID and our response to it. Masks, other than N95s or better, do little to no good in preventing the spread of the virus. In fact, there are studies that say that actually because of the moisture that comes from our breath, making those particularly cloth masks uh, wet, that it actually does harm. The COVID vaccines are not vaccines by definition. They are, at best, symptom suppressants. That's what they are, because you can still get COVID even though you have the COVID vaccine. The latest numbers show that still a full 20% of COVID deaths are vaccinated people that have gotten all their shots, all they've, they, they didn't just go for one, they had the whole shebang, and yet still, they're dying. Natural immunity gives you 13 times more immunity than any of the COVID vaccines. Project Veritas just came out yesterday with videos from Pfizer scientists admitting things like this, that like the things that we already knew. Now, uh, Appendia.com reports one of Pfizer scientists identified as Nick Carl said that in case someone has natural immunity, that means if they had contacted COVID-19, there is a high probability that they have more antibodies against the virus. He added that in such cases, the person is at better position in terms of antibodies compared to what he could get from the vaccine. Carl is one of the scientists who is directly involved in the production of COVID-19 vaccine at Pfizer, as per Project Veritas. He said, quote, when somebody is naturally immune, like they got COVID, they probably have more antibodies against the virus. When you actually get the virus, you're going to start producing antibodies against multiple pieces of the virus. So your antibodies are probably better at that point than the COVID vaccination. Carl added that, that, um, that what the Pfizer vaccine gives a person is antibodies that develop based on just part of the virus. When someone gets the virus, they start producing antibodies against multiple pieces of the virus. And that's why this is the case. And he actually said, quote, the city of New York needs like vax cards and everything. It's just about making it so inconvenient for unvaccinated people to the point that they're just like, F it, I, I'll get it, you know? <laughs> that was his quote. He admits that all of this political stuff is just to get these people vaccinated. Fi- Pfizer senior associate scientist uh, Chris Cross, or Cross, I guess is how you pronounce it, was uh, caught on hidden camera saying that if a person has natural COVID-19 antibodies, that person is protected for a longer period compared to the antibodies gained via a vaccine. So he called Pfizer an evil corporation. He said, quote, I still feel like I work for an evil corporation because it comes down to profits in the end. I mean, I'm there to help people, not to make millions and millions of dollars. So, I mean, that's the moral dilemma. Basically, our organization is run on COVID money now. Cross said 
the immunity that a person gets after contacting COVID-19 virus is the result of natural response to the body. And lastly, Pfizer scientist Raoul um, Krondike admitted that the scientists had been asked to keep the information from the public. He said, we're bred and taught to be like, vaccine is safer than actually getting COVID. Honestly, we had to do so many seminars on this. You have no idea. Like we have to sit there for hours and hours and listen to like, we like, you cannot talk about this with the public, unquote. Even knowing all of this, we still see all of this hate toward those that get COVID and those that can't be pressured into getting the vaccine. President Biden said that his patience was running thin with those that won't get the jab. This attitude is toxic, and there is probably no better example of this than an article entitled Goodbye and Good Riddance. And it, was, it was written by Leonard Pitts Jr., He's a national columnist for the Miami Herald, and he's, he actually is a winner of a Pulitzer Prize for some commentary he did. But get this. This is, this is what he writes, and this is the attitude that many have. It says, quote, if you want to leave, take good care. Hope you make a lot of nice friends out there. This is from The Wild World by Cat Stevens. He says, this is for those of you who've chosen to quit your jobs rather than submit to a vaccine mandate. No telling how many of you there are actually, but lately you're all over the news. Just last week, a nearly 30-year veteran of the San Jose Police Department surrendered his badge rather than comply with the city's requirement that all employees be indoctrinated uh, inoculated against COVID-19, indoctrinated probably too, too, right? He says he joins an army, Lieutenant Colonel, some airline employees, a major league ba- baseball executive, the um, choral director of the San Francisco Symphony, workers at the tax collector's office in Orange County, Florida, and in incredibly dozens of healthcare professionals. Well, On behalf of the rest of us, the ones who miss concerts, restaurants, and other people's faces, the ones who are sick and tired of living in pandemic times, here's a word of response to you quitters. Goodbye. And there's two more words. Good riddance. Not to minimize any of this, a few weeks ago, a hospital in upstate New York announced it would be it would have to pause delivering babies because of the resignations amongst its maternity staff. So the threat of difficult uh, ramifications is, is certainly real. But on the plus side, your quitting goes a long way towards purging us of the gullible, the conspiracy-addled, the logic-impaired, and the stubbornly ignorant. And that's not nothing. We've been down this road before. Whenever faced with some mandate imposing, uh, imposed in the interest of the common good, some of us act like they just woke up on the wrong side of the Berlin Wall. There's no freedom no more. 
wind one man in in a video that recently aired on the Today Show with Trevor Noah. The clip was from the 1980s, and the guy had just gotten a ticket for not wearing his seatbelt. It's an unfortunately common refrain. Can't smoke in a movie theater? Can't crank your music to headache decibels at two in the morning? Can't tell the Ten Commandments in in uh, in the can't post the Ten Commandments in the courtroom. There's no freedom no more. Some of you seem to think freedom means no one can be compelled to do or refrain from doing anything, but that's not freedom. It's anarchy. Unusually, the uh, and usually the rest of us don't uh, agonize over your uh, in. Uh, your in- interactionists. <laughs> I don't know. Often it has no direct impact on us. The guilty in, or sorry, the guy in the Today Show clip was only demanding the right to skid across the highway on his face, after all. But now you claim the right to risk the health care system and our personal lives. So if you're angry, guess what? You're not the only ones. The difference is your anger is dumb and ours is not. Yours is about being coerced to do something you don't want to do. Like, that's new. Like, you're not already required to get vaccinated to start school or travel to other countries. For that matter, you're also required to mow your lawn, to cover your your hind parts, and yes, wear a seatbelt. So you're mad at the government and your job uh, for doing what what they're all what what they've always done, but the rest of us we're mad at you because this thing could have been over by now, and you're the reason it isn't. That's why we were glad President Biden stopped asking nicely, started requiring vaccinations everywhere that he had power to do so. We also were glad when employees followed suit, and. If that's a problem for you, then yes, goodbye, sayonara, avidazane, adios, adieu. We'll miss you, to be sure, but you're asking us to choose between your um, petulance and our lives, and that's really no choice at all. <laughs> can you just hear in that article, can you just hear the hate this is not this is not any kind of loving type of attitude whatsoever this is this is not any kind of understanding this is just hate and this is coming from somebody who i'm sure thinks of himself as the loving liberal that he is the the callous attitude of these leftist leaders and their supporters is just absolutely astonishing And we're losing some of the very best people in these critical fields over this. People who stand on principle and don't don't have money or power as their overriding priority. This is the kind of attitude that we get from our current administration toward them. Is this hate. This, This seething type of attitude toward these people. This is not a good thing. This is a dividing thing. And this is a toxic thing. You may agree. You may disagree. We'd definitely love to hear from you on this. And of course, that can always be done 
at uncommonsensepodcast.com. Please, if, if you can, go to Facebook and, and like our, our page. If you can go to Instagram, same type of thing, subscribe. Uh, it definitely helps us out. And thank you for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.